Hello, and welcome to... So a friend of mine has a Marvel podcast, and he always starts the show, Hello, Marvelites. And I feel like we need an intro. So if you have an idea, give us a ring. Call us. Let us know. Or send us a message. Briar Patchers. We need, we need, yeah, like, we need a thing. And he does, like, a lot of podcasts. So Hello, three of you. Wow. Oh, that hurts. I think he probably has more listeners than we do. But we don't need a real introduction because this is a quick episode, not oh, a yeah, real episode. Oh, yeah, this is a quick episode. Yeah, so it's me and Kyle. Uh, I'm fanboy. You're Kyle. Yes. And you have to talk this time because you're the only person here besides me. Um, <laughs> I so, know. So the story behind this is we had this like grand idea that it would be fun to every night of the expo to talk about what happened at the expo that day. I love that idea. Unfortunately, we all got busy and it didn't happen. So we did one day after the preview day or you know after the media preview. Then we did day one and then day two and day three uh, just didn't happen because people were in different places. And by the time people were back, I was too tired and it's no one's fault. Still was a good idea. I'm guessing we'll still try it again next time, but it just didn't happen this time. So yeah, we learned a... that after the expo, people need to do things like eat and sleep. Right. Yeah. And I had I had this delusion that this expo was going to be really easy for me compared to previous expos, and that just didn't happen. I mean, I think it did. It might not have been what you, as easy as you thought it was going to be, but like just based on your hours alone, I think I was impressed. I'll say that. Okay, yeah, I worked less hours than I had fewer previous expos, but not as few hours as I had originally envisioned. Also, to be fair, Sunday is totally on me because I wanted to go to DCA to get my uh, annual pass holder Marvel lithograph. That's true. So to so we'll talk about that real quick because that's the end of the expo and that makes sense because we're backwards. But I went to DCA, like basically as it was close. It was nine to ten was the exclusive time to ride it. I was in no condition to ride Mission Breakout, but I wanted the litho. So I get in line there, and the line by the time I got in line, it was always already by the Hollywood Hideaway, which is that little uh, where the gorilla used to be in the Coke van, um, kind of past where Hollywood and Dine is, was. Because actually nothing there has its original name. Near, basically near Monsters, uh, Mike and Sully to the rescue ride. You mean and, Superstar Lemo? Uh, yeah, exactly. Superstar Lemo. Um, and so I, Mike had gone in a little bit before me and somehow was like right at the front. So he, I start walking, you know, the time comes, they queue us all through like uh, the Hyperion Theater queue. And eventually I get there. And as I'm in queue... Uh, in the store, I noticed that they had Web and Avengers Campus t-shirts. And I had wanted one, and they had a couple at Mickey's at Glendale, but I wasn't able to partake. So I went and bought a Web shirt, but they didn't have Avengers Campus in my size. So I had to go. So then I was like, I feel weird having just Web, even though I want Avengers Campus. So I went back the next morning and accomplished my mission. So after three days of expo, well, even a little bit more than that, I still ran through DCA to get a stupid t-shirt. And the moral of the story is, it's just a t-shirt. Anyway, back to Expo. So we're going to talk Saturday and Sunday. Saturday headlined by the studios, combined live action and animation. And Sunday, of, I keep wanting to call it Parks and Resorts, but what am I? Old? It's Disney Park Experiences and Products. DPEP. Exactly. But before we get into those, can we actually talk a little bit about the security setup for this year's expo and what your thought about it? Uh, what was your thought about it? <laughs> <laughs> I I was concerned about it. It was a little different, especially as an exhibitor than what I was used to. But I actually thought that overall it worked better. Granted, I wasn't a normal guest waiting in line, so I can't speak to that experience. And I also wasn't staying at the Hilton because that would be annoying because it kind of took a lot of the benefit out of staying at that particular hotel. But I, I did think it was interesting overall. I think it's probably smarter to have those like the checkpoint before you enter that whole esplanade area as opposed to yeah. having them in the building. Well, yeah, because like one time I know they only had the single point of entry last time, which was in the Grand Plaza. So you basically had to queue up go to the Grand Plaza, 
and then get screened. This way you got screened no matter which way you were going from, assuming you got there at the right time of day. So I think that was definitely the right call. It looked a lot more expensive for D23. Yeah, we were just counting the, counting the banners that they yeah. lined the fences with. We're like, why do they need to do that? How many banners did they all order? Jeez. But <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminded banners. me of like what they did with Downtown Disney, just kind of moving yeah. what the secured area was. Right. But and like so I, I think said, there was a couple of inconveniences. Like if you're staying at the Hilton or like after the expo, I wanted to go out to Catella, but I couldn't go out that way. I had to go all the way back down and then around. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, um, I didn't get to f- experience the typical security process, but from the sort of overall understanding of it, I think it was the right call. And you know what I really thought was funny? So there, the banners all said like the ultimate Disney experience, or what was it, the ultimate Disney event, Disney fan event. Okay, I think we can all say that D23X was the ultimate Disney fan event. Then the ultimate Pixar fan event. Yeah, probably. The ultimate Marvel fan event. I knew we were going with this, and I had the exact same thought. And I was like, okay, well, Marvel doesn't really have fan events. You know, I mean, you could say Comic-Con maybe, but that's not really a Marvel event. And then the ultimate Star Wars event, fan event, to which I thought Star Wars Celebration might have something to say about that. (laughs) Yep, Um, that's exactly what I thought. But I did think it was interesting that they had those different banners broken up by brand. I thought it really spoke to kind of a – a theme of the expo especially on the disney plus side so i thought that yeah, was interesting well, but the celebration part was funny i i i they totally wanted disney i i guess it's a little weird because disney is a brand of disney but when they did their street party they purposely said like the storytellers of disney or something to that effect and then they played like disney songs they played the cantina song they played the Captain, you know, uh, America March, and they were trying to show. I mean, they they didn't go dun 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 dun, but I presume they will next year. And they're really trying to show that uh, that this is a place where they all live. Like, if you are a Marvel fan, you could go to D and and didn't really care about Disney, you could still go to Expo and still have a good time but i i agree with you that they're really trying to play into this disney plus thing where it's like this all belongs together and i remember bob explaining this somewhere kind of like how if it belongs in a theme park it could belong under the disney umbrella so just like we have star tours or avengers campus which we'll get into like those all live in the little disney world um and and quite frankly all those brands have lands someplace Except National Geographic, although although one could say Animal Kingdom is really sort of a National Geographic park, which I have lots of questions about, like how National Geographic will be integrated into Disney's Animal Kingdom, because I think that's just a matter of time. However, I digress. Anything else you want to say about Expo overall before we get into uh, some of the news? Um, I'll take the opportunity to thank everyone that came by the Laughing Place booth and picked up a free fan. They were the hit of the expo from everyone I spoke to. And my two favorite things were first watching people get scared when they open their fans and then trying to watch them fold it back into its original shape. So as part of my responsibilities, I have absolutely nothing to do with the Laughing Place booth, but I was walking along the second floor and someone was totally Instagramming themselves with the Laughing Place fan. Nice. Which uh, warmed the cuckles of my heart. Sponsored by Mouse Fan Travel as well. Yeah, part of the Go Network. I'm going to go through the live action animated site. Now, obviously, Kyle was not in this panel. Or any panel for that matter. I was also not at this panel. But I did have Alex give me the rundown. So instead of trying to relive the panel itself in order, I'm going to go by brand because that is the way it's listed in the press release. As Along with this quote from Alan Horn, one of the two studio Alans, who says, you're not just fans, you're family. It's because of you that we keep working so hard to make great movies, and we love D23 Expo because it's where we can share them with you first. So let's start with Lucasfilm. If you were expecting something beyond the Rise of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker you were disappointed. However, Kathy Kennedy, or KK as I like to call it, was joined by JJ as I like to call it, 
and uh, along with Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Anthony Daniels, Naomi Aki, Carrie Russell, who is, I wonder if she hung out with her friend, uh, Christina Aguilera, uh, Junis Suatamo, I'm probably butchering that name, but she, the guy who plays Chewbacca, Kali Marie Tran, the girl who plays Rose, and Billy D. Williams, the lover who plays Lando Calrissian. Also joined by R2-D2, by, played by himself, BB-8, and the new droid Dio. Uh, so they premiered a new poster, which you can see on Laughing Place, and uh, gave a new sneak peek, which they did put on the YouTubes. So Eventually. Eventually, like Monday, right? Yeah, I, I kept yeah. refreshing, waiting for it, and it never arrived. <laughs> so, but I presume you got a chance to see it? Yes. So, what do you think? Um, I think people are easily tricked. <laughs> Why? Because they're First Order, they're Imperial Star Destroyers instead of First Order Star Destroyers? No, just the, the ending with, with Ray. I think it's mm-hmm. a red herring, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. I have lots of questions about C-3PO because I didn't know if like droids could go all Sithy. <laughs> but because like, I mean, it was always said that, you know, R2 and C-3PO are the only characters that actually are in every movie. Yeah. So like it's really their story or seen through their eyes or whatever. I don't know. It's one of those things that they used to say. Did it make you more or less excited for The Rise of Skywalker? Um, I'd say more. I mean, I wasn't uninterested in it at all <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited about it but you know uh i thought it was a good good trailer definitely will be have some nice twists and turns and things to discover so i'm gonna go with my little expo disclaimer when it comes to studios and parks what disney plus is a little different at least this year they get to announce things that the expo is planned two years in advance they don't go and say hey I hope they have something to announce. They just wait until it's a couple months out. And then the studios and the parks try and figure out what they're going to announce at this thing. Sometimes development doesn't always match their expo schedule. So they, you, they don't get to make announce. They don't want to make, unlike previous years, they don't want to announce things that aren't ready to be announced. Like Disney Double Dare You. So, there's been cases where things have fallen together right after the expo. I can think of when uh, they announced Pandora, like a week after expo. And also they did a special Marvel unveiling of phase three, which included Civil War, because the deal to get Robert Downey Jr. just closed after expo. So while obviously that you know these divisions do try and hold things like trailers and announcements that they can it's not as well orchestrated as you might think just not of anyone's fault but just the way you know you you don't you develop the movie for the movie you don't develop the movie for the expo that being said i am disappointed that at least on the theatrical side we didn't get any hint of what's happening after the rise of skywalker it might be the smart case because let the Rise of Skywalker be its thing, similar to how Marvel didn't announce anything after Endgame, Spider-Man excluded, uh, until after Endgame. But I don't know. I just feel like because especially with Star Wars Celebration a year away, I'm I'm gonna want more Star Wars news. Well, you had the Obi Wan announcement. Yeah, and I guess that's the one thing that's kind of cool about Disney Plus, right? It's like there's other ways to get these storytelling from these brands that's not theatrical that can kind of sate your appetite uh, while you wait. I mean, you have three Disney Plus series from Star Wars, and I lost track of how many Marvel ones there are, but I don't know. Anyway, Rise of Skywalker opens December 20th, 2019. Got anything more to say about that one? Nope. Okay, uh, future Disney legend Kevin Feige, president of Marvel Studios, kicked us presentation off with uh black panther director and co-writer ryan coogler who announced um the hyperion film no i'm just kidding he announced black panther 2 working title so it might not be called black panther 2 but it's a working title and it will be released may 6 2022 so i can go for my birthday which is two days later and he confirmed that this is part of 
phase five then? I don't know. Did he? I talked that... to one person who was there and said it was, but I have no concrete evidence on that. Well, they had said um, and that the what they announced at Comic-Con was the complete phase four. But then they showed three more TV shows. Yeah, but I don't know if those are part of phase four or not. I thought it I know showed it, on I know the, the sides. I know it did, but it's all at the I don't I don't know if that was just simplicity's sake or if it actually is part of phase four. I need these things cleared up. This is more pressing than Spidey. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that that actually plays a role into it. But in any case, uh I don't think we have much to say about that except we sort of all expected Black Panther two. Then they had Richard Madden, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, Lauren Ridloff, uh, Brian Terry Henry, Selma Hayek, Leah McHugh, Don Lee, and Angelina Jolie from Eternals joined the stage and revealed three new cast members, Gemma Chan, Kit Harrington, and Barry Kogan. Um, have joined the show joined the show eternals opens may 6 2020 so my thoughts on eternals is we have black widow but obviously that, that's sort of like a at least theoretically is um a look back which shows the eternals really like the next i don't know brand new frontier for the mcu so i'm optimistically uh looking forward to this film especially since jack kirby the man who's behind the eternals just celebrated his birthday as we're recording this. Hmm. I mean, he's dead, but he would have. We did get a new poster for Black Widow as well. I don't know if that's on the press release, but that was the only thing from that. They said uh, Scarlett Johansson had a pre-recorded greeting, probably because they're filming, um, an exclusive look at the film. I don't know if it's the same one they showed at Comic-Con. From the very there. little bit I heard and that it takes place in Budapest, I'm guessing it was either entirely the same or partially the same. I'm disappointed on Marvel in that I really felt like Kevin was trolling us because he talked about Fantastic Four mutants. I mean, Black Panther, but at Comic-Con, like they didn't have time to talk about it. So I just took that as like, we didn't have time to talk about it now, but we're going to talk about it at Expo. And he, I was wrong. Yeah, I think he, I mean, sharing the stage with so many other things, they probably want to do it in their own fashion. So they probably had to give up something, but then, you know, maybe they are going to do another big event. Maybe after they get Spidey figured out. Yeah. I mean, I can see why there wasn't, I I know there's there's a lot going on there. And I mean, I know Kevin loves D23 and wouldn't like harm it, but um, especially after the tour de force they had last expo, but I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just 2019 was the year of endings of franchises. So, as someone who likes to look forward, I am just a little disappointed. But now we're going to go to Disney live action, uh, where they talked about Jungle Cruise. So they played this little bit where um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, uh, who plays future Disney Rick legend Bo- Dwayne the Rock Johnson, yeah, uh, from uh, from the game plan fame, uh, plays Riverboat Captain Frank Wolf. He actually came on board on the stage through a jungle cruise boat and then showed a quote unquote trailer. Um, then Emily Blunt, future Disney legend, uh, who portrays Dr. Lily Houghton, H O U G H T O N arrived via classic car to show her version of the trailer. So each version showing their obviously playing up their role. Um, and then Sean Bailey, who runs Disney Live Action, told them that n- none of those are the trailer. Uh, but the movie does hit theaters July 24th, 2020. So I would expect um, some more info towards the end of the year. Maybe like Frozen time. And maybe a Parks announcement sometime after. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Angelina Jolie, future Disney legend apparently, based on her performance <laughs> at this, uh, Brought back to show exclusive footage from Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. I think we all kind of know what was going on there. From the director of Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tunnel Tales. Comes out October 18, 2019. They just released a new poster a couple weeks before. So this movie is sort of straight in the hopper. 
Um, and we'll, you know, so we'll have plenty to talk about that in the near future. Then Nikki Caro uh, came out to talk about Mulan. Um, she talked about the her passion for the project. Showed a few minutes of the footage, and uh, uh, the um, you know we know I'm not going to I'm reading this like you don't know the plot of Mulan, um, but obviously I thought it was I wonder so there was this controversy where uh, the star of the film, who is not even listed in the press release. Um, made some comments about Hong Kong and got some blowback on the Twitters. And so I wonder if they did not want to bring attention to probably not next up was, and finally from live action was Cruella, uh, starring Emma Thompson and Emma stone. Uh, Emma stone plays Cruella. Emma Thompson plays PL Travers. And, uh, they were not on the set. They were, I mean, they were not on stage. They were, filming from London because Emma Thompson got mood delayed the movie due to uh, injury, I believe. Um, but we did get to see an image from the film um, directed by Craig Dele- Gillespie, who did The Finest Hours, I, Tanya, um, some other Disney stuff, I believe. Um, so it's going to have a 1970s punk rock approach, as all Cruella films sh- should. It definitely does have a punk rock, high fashion look. Yeah, Based you know what's funny? I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, why didn't they just do a live-action version of 101 Dalmatians? And then I realized they did that. <laughs> I completely forgot about that movie. Um, and 102 – does that mean you forgot 102 Dalmatians? I've never seen 102 Dalmatians. It's one of it's a point of shame. Well, Disney Plus. Yeah, it, it came out when I was like a freshman in college and didn't have easy access to a movie theater. Didn't you go to UCLA? Yes. Aren't there like a bunch of movie theaters around there? They were, there are, but none of them were showing. Like they're one screen theaters, and none of them were showing Cruella. Okay. And back then, not so much anymore. But back then, well, a little bit now. But like they would do a lot of movie premieres there, like particularly for like Fox, and so and like I don't know third rate movie premieres. So a lot of times you could couldn't even see a movie because they would do a movie theater premiere at like all the theaters in that little Westwood area. And so you can actually go, you could see a movie star, but you couldn't see uh, a movie. So you just went to Diddy Reese instead and called it a night. Oh, I wonder if that's still there. That was like the first thing they told me when I got to UCLA, they're like, go have cookies. Yeah. Anyway, well, moving on to animation, Pixar's chief creative officer, Pete doctor, who happened to share a plan with me on the way back home from the expo. Uh, talked about soul. I think he's stalking so, you. He hangs out at your target. He takes the same flights as you. I've been on many of the same flights as Pete doctor, probably because we do both go f- take the LA to Burbank. I'm sorry, not LA to Burbank, uh, Oakland to Burbank flight a lot, even though this was orange County to Oakland. Um, you know, cause that's like the Pixar express. In fact, if you go to the Oakland airport, there's actually Pixar reserved parking spots. They have the little Pixar ball on them, mm. and it's reserved for like people who work at Pixar. I guess they pay Oakland Airport a lot of money to get that privilege. Anyway, so I'm going to read this because someone tried to explain it to me, and I got confused. But so Soul is about, in a typ- typical heady Pete Doctor way, the film journeys from the streets of New York City to the never-before-seen cosmic realms of and the U Seminar, in quotes. The fantastic place where we discover our unique personalities. So Jamie Foxx lends his voice to Joe Gardner, a middle school band teacher whose true passion is playing jazz. Faye plays 22, a soul in training, who has an unexpected encounter with Joe when he accidentally finds his way to the You Seminar. Together, the two are going to find a way to get Joe back to Earth, making him think again about what it truly means to have soul. Uh, The... uh, John Batiste will be writing original jazz music for the film. And Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are doing, uh, from Nine Inch Nails fame, are doing the score. So this means it is a Pete Doctor film, not scored by Michael Giacchino. Mm. Trent Reznor of Old Town Road fame. Wow. Speaking yeah. of punk rock, punk rock. 19 weeks at number one. So uh, the cast is also includes Amir Questlove Thompson, or as you probably just know him as Questlove. Felicia Rashad, best known as the wife 
uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, the doctor, uh, what's her name? Dr. Helen Marsh from Dinosaur, David Diggs, Tina Fey, and as we mentioned, Jamie Foxx. Um, the doctor then introduced Dan Scanlon from Monsters University about to talk about Onward, where they showed 10 minutes of the film. Um, I believe it was eight minutes. According to this, it the press release, it says more than 10 minutes. So if it was eight minutes, someone got cheated. Yeah, I, I heard it was eight minutes. Anyway, uh, we know it stars Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. But basically what I was told is that they basically the two brothers go on a way to bring their dad on a quest to bring their dad back to life. And uh, as, as Alex said, it had a real weekend at Bernie's vibe. I, to be clear, they do not take the corpse of their father and try and bring that back to life. Uh, I guess like they only able to bring him half back to life. So it's only just his legs. So they make it look like he has a body and then they have to do the whole Bernie lean thing. Okay. Yeah. And so that's two films from Pixar next from uh, Walt Disney animation studios. Don't abbreviate it. Um, Jennifer Lee, the chief creative officer started talking about the, a new film, an actual announcement in addition to black Panther two working title uh, is the Thanksgiving 2020 fantasy action adventure film, Reina and the Last Dragon, uh, directed by Paul Briggs and Dean Wellens from Big Hero 6 and Frozen, and uh, written by Adele Lim from Crazy Rich Asians. Um, Rhea is a lone warrior from the fantasy kingdom of Kumandra, Kum- Kumandra who teams up with a crew of misfits uh, to find the last dragon and bring light and unity back to their world. They got a, they got a three-minute sneak peek, although... It might be one and a half based on your experience so far. Uh, and announced that Aquafina, future Disney legend, from her what else? What's her other Disney thing that she's doing? Is it um, Little Mermaid? I think it. Ha- she said it hasn't been confirmed, but she's in uh, talks for Little Mermaid. Then she voices Sisu, the Last Dragon, um, and Cassie Steele voices the lead character, who is convenient named Rhea because the name of the film is Rhea and the Last Dragon and that'd be weird otherwise November 25th 2020 are you sure it's not called How to Train Your Last Dragon ooh bazinga and then Lee who also happens to be directing Frozen 2 with Chris Buck and wrote the screenplay had Buck join her on stage which is appropriate um, to talk about Frozen 2 introduced Sterling K. Brown who voices Lieutenant Destin Mateus and Evan Rachel Wood, who voices Queen Iduna. So I'm guessing the original voice of Queen Iduna is not in this film. Um, and then they performed All Is Found, one of seven, count them, seven um, original songs by Christian Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, not to be confused with Robin Lopez, and showed a sequence of the film. Uh, that goes into a new song called Into the Unknown, which is the name of the documentary about them making a Frozen 2. So that is a coincidence. And then uh, Men- Idina Menzel, Kristen Bell, Jonathan Groff, and Josh Gad performed uh, the song Some Things Never Change. And so that was the cap. If they performed a Lopez song... Does that mean the film's getting canceled now? I don't get it. Well, because last time they... Oh, did they... Gigantic. Gigantic. I would hope not, because it's like two months away. (laughs) Although Alex has said that that song has been stuck in his head, and he's frustrated he can't listen to it to get it out of his head. I'm glad I didn't hear it. I'm glad I didn't hear it. Well, I mean, it would have been fun to be there, but that is like the one presentation I never get to see. Yeah, that was the one, I think it was the most popular of the entire weekend and tends to be because of the uh, the cook factor, as we discussed last mm-hmm. time or a few times ago now. Uh, I think I read that gold, the line for gold was capped at like one and general admission line was capped at like three in the morning. So, yeah. Yeah. So. You have yeah, to get up it's... pretty early in the morning if you want to see movie stars. And it's also just like it's you know it's the the afternoon panels are a lot easier for for me just with all the stuff that we have to do at Expo, so like I could, I I got to see like most of Disney Plus 
and I got to see Parks and Resorts, or I'm sorry, Depeb, but uh, Studios on the first thing, not the busiest day of the expo, is just not going to happen. So, um, next, anything else to talk about Studios? We got that covered? No, I mean, I mean nothing, nothing earth shattering in those announcements. But it's nice to know what the next Disney animated film will be. And, yeah, that's yeah. the one thing I kind of expect. Like. I kind of felt like they had to do because it's only a year away, basically. Yeah. Um, my reaches, like, I always have, like, what I expect them to announce and what they want them to announce. I think Parks last year kind of over-delivered on my expectation of what was going to be announced. And I feel like the studios didn't surprise me just with anything. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, that's just, that's fine. But there was nothing like, wow, I can't believe they're making that or what a reveal. Yeah, like, I kind of feel like if you looked at the slate, in fact, there were several films I wondered, like, what happened to Artemis Fowl? But, um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. And I was, I guess, they, you know, and they, and they were upfront about it at the beginning. I'm disappointed they didn't talk anything about Fox. Yeah. And then I know, a little weird, I know, I guess just because there's so much, it's like, what do you feature? Yeah, it just, it all, it really, if I was at Fox. I would really feel like a stepchild now. I mean, after you got the spanking at the last earnings call, and I'm not saying like everything. I'm not talking about like you know some random live action film that's you know a small budget thing, but like Spies in Disguise could have had a mention. <laughs> I mean, you know, like the stuff that just kind of pairs up, or even Avatar. Yeah, but uh, I feel like. If they're going to announce something or feature something, they kind of want to be something that they've been able to put their stamp on. And I don't know if they've had that opportunity yet, except for canceling things straight out. Yeah. Or having to reshoot things like uh, Woman in the Window. But right, I, actually... I get it. And I, I feel, I guess I, I was, and I don't know that I expected it, but I was kind of hoping that they would be able to explain by this point you know, five months in, and and that's probably not realistic. What Fox was going to mean at Disney? Yeah. Now, to be fair, Avatar did have a whole exhibit up on the second floor, uh, actually a pretty cool exhibit. So it's not like they were non-existent. And National Geographic, National Geographic had a big presence, relatively speaking, kind of everywhere. Like if you went to Mickey's at Glendale, they were selling National Geographic stuff. They had a booth, obviously Disney Plus. So. Anyway, parks uh, DPEP, Disney Parks Experiences and Products. So I'm going to go in the order of my memory, and then we will go from there. So first they talked about they, – they kind of went franchise-based um, and then threw in Epcot and Disney Cruise Line. So uh, the first thing that they talked about, which and this is probably the one surprise, like full-on surprise, is that uh, in spring 2020 – they're going to have a new parade at Disneyland Park called Magic Happens with a new song produced in partnership with singer-songwriter Todrick Hall. Um, the floats will have be based on Moana, Coco, Sleeping Beauty, and the famous And More, and be led by Mickey Mouse and his pals. So uh, Disney Park's favorite, <laughs> Jordan Fisher, who it's not a Disney event without Jordan Fisher. He's like the new Danny Bonaduce, uh, came and sang the Magic Happens song. Which you can see, you can actually see that performance on our YouTube. But it's a daytime parade, and in the end, daytime parades are, you know, just daytime parades. Uh, next, they talked about uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway coming to Walt Disney World in 2020 and showed it sort of a new mock-up of what the Chinese theater is going to look like. Nothing dramatic there. Um, and then uh, the version at Disneyland is opening 2022. They showed that you'll enter through the El Capitoon Theater. Um, kind of next to Gag Factory. And uh, that'll be the entrance over there. Uh, obviously a big difference. You know, 20, Disney World had a building. Disneyland does not have a building, so it's going to take some time. But once again, not a lot of info about what the ride is. Um, but we'll have that soon, I presume, because it's opening in a matter of months. Uh, next, they talked about Zootopia, the Zootopia-themed land coming to Shanghai Disney Resort. It's going to have a major new attraction and um, immersive entertainment merchandise, you know, sort of that world building that they're so fond of these days. 
the one thing I don't know is, is this going to be replacing Winnie the Pooh? Because I heard rumors that they really want to get rid of Winnie the Pooh in China. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I hope not. That would make me even less inclined to visit. <laughs> so if you don't know, uh, Winnie the Pooh is sort of banned in China because the premiere of China is teased and nicknamed Winnie the Pooh. So if you buy Kingdom Hearts in China, Winnie the Pooh does not exist in the game. Next, they talked about the new castle at Hong Kong Disneyland, which is sort of a build-out of the existing Sleeping Beauty castle. It has a name. It's called Castle of Magical Dreams, which sounds like um, they put a bunch of words inside the Disney marketing machine and out, spit it out. Um, 13 beloved princesses and heroines are featured, um, including uh, through iconography such as Snow White's Apple, Cinderella's Coach, and Belle's Rose. Um, there'll be a daytime and nighttime show, and we'll also have a new Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Also in Hong Kong Disneyland, uh, they're building a Frozen Land with uh, their version of Frozen Ever After, based on the attraction in Norway at Epcot. And then also a new coaster called Wandering Oaken Sliding Slaves, so we can go to Hong Kong. And then finally, uh, back in the States, they brought back uh, a gentleman from Cirque du Soleil, as long as legendary animator Eric Goldberg, to talk about... The new Cirque du Soleil show, which uh, begins previous March 20th and has a world premiere April 17th. And was announced they, in 2017. It was, and uh, tickets are on sale, but we still don't have a name. But basically, it's a Cirque show, and it's tied to animation. It's not just Disney, um, you know, character kind of stuff. They they seem really focused on the animation process and the artistry of animation being the real inspiration here. Uh, they also shared some information about reflections at Disney Lakeside Lodge, the new resort and vacation club uh, destination. But that's that. Then there was sort of an interlude where we talked about Target, because why not? Um, so basically, they're going to be build, uh, launching 25 Disney stores within selected Targets on October 4th, with 40 additional locations opening by the following October in 2020. It'll be like a shop in a shop, and will feature uh, an assortment of more than 450 items, including more than 100 products that were previously Disney Store exclusives. People seem to be a little annoyed by this interlude until it was revealed two things. One, everyone got a $10 gift card, with one person getting a $2,300 gift card. So that made people okay. Uh, they are building a Target, well, they said in Disney World. But basically, at Flamingo Crossing, it's just past the uh, side, just outside the gates of um, if you take Western Way. And then they brought up Bullseye the Dog from Target. So, yay. So then we started going on a franchise run uh, with Marvel. So they kind of did a sizzle reel where they showed how there's Marvel experiences in Hong Kong and coming to Paris and uh, Disney Company Adventure. Notably, they did not talk about in this vignette about Epcot but basically as the story goes uh, the experiences that take place at um, Hong Kong Disneyland in Iron Man experience and uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Nano Battle um, have caused the Avengers to want to increase their ranks so they're opening Avengers campuses in California Adventure in 2020 and later at Disneyland Paris they I like how they describe this the campuses will feature the first Disney ride-through attraction to feature Spider-Man. So notice, it's not the first Disney ride-through Marvel attraction. It is not the first ride-through attraction to feature Spider-Man. It is the first Disney ride-through attraction to feature Spider-Man. <laughs> the irony of this to me, too, is the producer or the creative visionary behind the Spider-Man attraction at Universal is also the same man who is opening, who just produced um, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. But as it's described, um, you'll enter Web. Um, I think it's the World Engineering Brigade, and where Peter Parker's a student, but he helps out his buddy Spider-Man. And their spider bots go amok, and you need to use other technology to collect the spider bots. Spider bots, and it's supposed to give you a taste of what it's like to have actual superpowers as you sling webs to help Spider-Man save the day. The other experience will be the inside the Avengers headquarters. 
there'll be an, a brand new e-ticket attraction uh, where you fly alongside the Avengers in a Quinjet um, to Wakanda, and then things go terribly wrong. Now that attraction's only going to be op- is going to open in phase two. Will not be open next year because it's an e-ticket attraction, and they obviously haven't started building it. Um, then there's also uh, for food and beverage. There's going to be the Pim t- Test Kitchen where PIM technologies are being used to grow and shrink food. That sounds fun. And uh, obviously you'll be able to meet your favorite heroes, including Ant-Man and the Wasp, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, the superheroes from Wakanda and Asgard, and Iron Man. They also will be a uh, Doctor Strange, looks like a show, which I'm guessing it might be partially inspired by the experience that's on the cruise ship during Marvel Day at Sea. Or the one they also, had for like a week in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Did they have that? They had a Doctor Strange show at DHS for, for a minute. Oh, I don't remember that at all. I think oh, we they probably did. have remember? video on our... It might not be on our YouTube, but I know I know what happened. I, I vaguely remember this now. And it wasn't like on the Times Guide or anything. It was yeah, just kind of Yeah, it was like a there. test, yeah. Um. Also, they sh- they showed that the Dis- the Art Disney Hotel New York, the Art of Marvel, is opening next summer, and we'll be celebrating 80 years of Marvel. Any questions on Marvel at the parks? No, I do like that it's keeping that it's staying Stark Expo at Hong Kong, and that it'll just be uh, Avengers Campus at the other two parks. I think that's cool. Yeah, I think it, they really try to play up this like worldwide story. Now, obviously, most guests are not going to be going to every park like we do, <laughs> but. Um, I think it's cool how it's not just, you know, it's different. And it kind of plays into that whole Marvel interconnectivity. Yeah, I feel like when they did the the show, there's like that outdoor performance at Hong Kong, or sorry, at um, Walt Disney Studios Paris. And mm-hmm. I thought that they even mentioned like Hong Kong. Like it looked like it was inside of the, the meet and greet area at Hong Kong when Tony's mm-hmm. talking. That's cool. So um, then... It was time for, I think, what everyone was sort of waiting for, Epcot. So they brought out uh, the lead Imagineer on the project, whose name is not in this press release. And I don't remember because he's not one of the famous ones yet, but he will be. We will all know his name. They talked. They kind of went through what it's going to be. So World Showcase is remaining World Showcase. Then what is currently Future World is being split up much like the Carolinas, um, into World Celebration, which is the center, um, World Nature, which is Future World West today, and World Discovery, which is Future World East. So be patient with me as we go through what all these means. Uh, World Celebration in the center, Spaceship Earth will remain, and they're going to be basically enhancing it and changing it from... a the story being the history of communication to being the history of storytelling. Um, not a big stretch. Um, and they're enhancing it with some new projections and I'm sure, you know, the normal sort of refresh that spaceship earth goes through every decade or so. There's a story light. Yeah. Which kind of reminds me of like when they added those lights to the electrical parade, like the pixie trails. Yes, very much so. (laughs) Um, but they did confirm that a number of the, Scenes will be staying. They'll just be changed, and then we'll get a new narrator and stuff like that. Yeah, the the same thing that happens all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, there'll be a new pavilion. I know this is super exciting. It's going to be the home base for Epcot Signature Festivals, and it's a three-level structure, uh, and it's supposedly going to become a new icon for Epcot. It looks dope. If you look at the the concept art, it actually yeah. looks really cool. It does look cool. I just it, um, it's it's gonna be more it's, like it's, call, it's called World Celebration, by the way. I'm just like, no, it's not. That's the name of the land. I don't know what this is. I don't know. I I I get it. I just I don't know. It's just not as exciting. It's like you know, an attraction. And yeah. and, and they and they did build it up with the whole like poster reveal. Like I don't know. It's kind of like to me. It's like the Expo Hall of. Or Odyssey Pavilion. Yeah, I mean, except I it looks cool. It being I a nice place it, to hang but, out. Yeah. Um, they're also going to have, um, they're transforming that, where obviously where that fountain is that we know is closing, with uh, lush gardens, a wishing tree, 
an interactive fountain, and a statue celebrating the legacy of uh, Walt uh, Disney. Um, he basically sits there and looks out over Epcot, wishing that they built a city. A community. Yeah. That depends what – he says it both in that film, which drove me crazy. I finally – so back in the day, I, you know, you couldn't – the Epcot film was not as accessible as it is today. And I finally wanted to watch it to see what he said. City or community? Is it Epcot experimental prototype city of tomorrow or is it experimental prototype community of tomorrow? And he says both. Also, my question is, is it now going back to Epcot where it's all capital? Or are we still saying capital E? Look, now, I know they don't have the dots, but I'm just not sure if we go back to lower to all capitals. I don't know. We're going to have to uh, ask for a style guide once all these transformations get <laughs> underway. And I also don't know when this is going to like take effect. Like, Is there a moment when I now call this world celebration? Anyway, <laughs> world nature um, is home to the Journey of Water attraction inspired by Moana, which we talked about. And uh, the Land Pavilion is getting a new film, which they've previously announced, uh, called Awesome Planet. Uh, and that will open in January 2020. It sounds like they're leaving that there might be more to what's happening on that side of the park to be announced. Because that's not a whole lot over there. I mean, they're tearing down a Communicore, but um, I don't know. I think we all expected something to happen at the Imagination Pavilion. And possibly even a little bit more at the land pavilion. But what do I know? Uh, finally, over at World Discovery, uh, Mission the Space Pavilion is expanding with the restaurant Space 22, Space 20, 220, because it's 220 feet above the Earth. Miles. Miles. Yeah, 220 feet would not be nearly as impressive. <laughs> um, um, which was, I believe, announced at the last expo. Yeah, a lot of the thing he gave a lot of updates on things that were announced last time. Um, the previously announced Play Pavilion, which will be open by 2021, um, interactive stuff seems like it's kind of going to become the character home for Epcot. And then obviously, Gos Guardians of the Galaxy. We got a title for the Untitled Guardians of the Galaxy attraction it is now Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, um, and will feature the first reverse launch so you'll be backwards while you launch but they're still calling it a family friendly coaster so i'm like yeah that's a good point all the families can get sick at the same time i guess it just means it doesn't go upside down i guess and it's a storytelling coaster because they forgot that they used that term before but this one will let you turn and see the it'll focus on different points as they've said before and keep saying as if we don't know. Wow, sounds like this is going to have a 10 hour line. Um, so, and then um, over at World Showcase, which is remaining called World Showcase, uh, the new CMOS Circle Vision will is called Wondrous China. I, oddly enough, the new Canada film is called Canada Far and Wide, but they do not mention that it will be seamless. So that might still have seams. Um, and will debut in January 2020. Uh, the B&B sing-along at the France Pavilion that will rotate within Process de France is also debuting in 2020. Um, summer 2020, uh, we'll get Remy's Ratatouille Adventure and a new Creperie, which is, I guess, like one of the bigger announcements that they made. Um, the new nighttime really. show. I already knew that. <laughs> oh, we did? Never mind then. The new nighttime show, where the which where it's music from Disney movie Disney music from around the world, is called Harmony Us with the O U S capitalized. Which is very confusing because I read it as U S, and I'm like, but I thought it was about the world. Why? Why are we focusing oh. on the U S? Yeah, that's a good point. That is confusing. I could, now I just want a harmonica. Um, then I would say the last thing kind of got the, what they did a whole song and dance number four uh, where they literally took the music from steps in time. If you were around at DCA in 2001 um, and had chimney sweeps dance around and they brought out Dick Van Dyke for a little moment and announced the first attraction inspired by Mary Poppins will be added to cherry tree lane, which will be added to the United Kingdom. Pavilion. 
I could not have seen this coming. I did. In fact, no one could have. Especially not for years upon years. Yeah, I think I think this also didn't fall under the big surprise moment um, category. They briefly talked about the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, saying that um, you know it's going to extend to all four parks. I think we kind of expected that because it says, for, it, although the press release says for the first time the celebration will extend beyond the Magic Kingdom. Although having been at the 25th anniversary, uh, that also extended beyond the Magic Kingdom. So, and the 50th anniversary of Disneyland extended beyond Disneyland into every park around the world. So, um, that might just be a memory issue. Uh, they also announced in late 2020 they're going to offer some a digital product called Disney Genie, uh, which is supposed to make planning your visit easier. So, I don't know what that actually will be, especially by the time it actually rolls out. Um, then they moved on to Star Wars. The Well, obviously, Galaxy's Edge is opening. And after this happened, we got a little bit of more information about Rise of the Resistance. But they really want to talk about the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, which is a cruise line type experience, a two day like a two day cruise, where you all board together, you you, you stop off at a sort of bland looking Disney World Porto Cochera, and board uh, you take a pod up to the Hal Halcyon. I don't know Halcyon. Halcyon. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's probably right. Uh, and. You have a two-night adventure, which includes special activities, dining, a port day at Batu at Galaxy's Edge, and things they imply might go terribly wrong. But your room, your window is a view of space, and it's really about as immersive as Disney's ever going to get. So, um, I don't know. I mean, you've seen some new pictures. What do you think of this thing? I, I can't imagine being locked in a themed story to like LARPing hotel for two days. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I would try it if I wasn't footing the bill, but it just sounds so strange. Like it definitely seems, I don't know. Like it feels like the type of thing that will be a hit for a little bit and then might have to get toned down over time. Well, and I mean, I appreciate the big swing they're taking here. Yeah. And you know, it could be the next greatest thing. You know, and I, and until we're really in it, you know, we don't really know. But I, I'm glad that they're trying. You know, worst case, it doesn't work. But uh, you know, it, it this is, is definitely dreaming big. But if you if you're more into you know traditional uh, cruises, they announced that the Disney Wish, which they previously said will be delivered in 2021, but apparently won't start sailing until January 2022, uh, will. Uh, the first ship uh, is called the Disney Wish. Uh, Rapunzel is the stern character. And uh, we, you guys see a little bit of the atrium. And But they really talked about uh, Joe Rohde, who, uh, if you're wondering what he's been up to, is working on a new Disney port of call at Lighthouse Point on the island of Evathura. And unlike – so um, if you go to Castaway Key, it definitely has this sort of like – I don't know what you would call it, like a Bahama breeze kind of feel. Um, not in a bad way, but just that's what it is. This one definitely has a more naturalistic um, celebratory feel. It's not trying to recreate an island hideaway. It's not, you know, recreating a lost pirate cove. It really is just trying to be what that island wants it to be, you know, in typical roadie fashion. It, it looks kind of like Discovery Island. Um, at Disney's Animal Kingdom, just sort of a lo very loose theme, but very artisan-based. Um, you know, m more experiential, less storytelling. I guess that's it. So I get. I, I. I mean, I know we blew past it, but wh what do you think about Epcot? I mean, it didn't change as much as I thought it would. I think everything. Makes sense for the most part. I'm still not sure what the Moana thing is, but it sounds like it's just something in between two other pavilions. So you know, I don't, I don't think it's replacing anything important from the sounds of it. That you know could obviously change. But it yeah, I, don't, be, I didn't think there was anything. It seems egregious. to be where the character spot and club cool are. 
if you, uh, in the map they kind of showed. I don't. So I guess the answer I don't have is: is this it? Is this the transformation plan for Epcot, or is there more still to come? Because he led it with the biggest transformation of one of their parks ever. So the two parks that they have transformed, um, as in my opinion, up to today, is California Adventure and um, Disney's Hollywood Studios with Galaxy's Edge, Runaway Railway, and Toy Story Land at Studios. Then you obviously had Cars Land and, um, you know, the Pixar Pier and Little Mermaid and World of Color over at D- and Buena Vista Street over at DCA. And I think just because the way they sort of introduced Remy and Guardians separately from this, it almost feels like they're not part of it, even though I'm guessing they think they are. And I was just missing like a big wow. Like, I mean, obviously it seems like they're adding a lot. They, Bob did mention they're adding more shade, which got a big round of applause. But I don't know. I just feel like for a park to transform, you need it to – you need a statement. Like DCA had Cars Land, and Studios obviously has Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. And even Magic Kingdom sort of had New Fantasyland as sort of like, you know, as a big deal. Yeah. I feel like there's probably more changes to come. I mean, I also I, – I don't take Chapek as the type of leader who's afraid of the fandom, but – there might be some things in the works that he didn't want to announce in front of that crowd. You never know. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, yeah, you're right. He just definitely doesn't see if he was writing this as like fan pandering, there's definitely a lot of changes I would make to the script. I mean, I think he was being more honest than he necessarily had to be, but you know, and this is the man that in one day announced the closure of uh, an entire ride system with journey and um, universe of energy and great movie ride. But you know, and I understand when you know as we kind of, as they kind of led with, like maybe they're just not ready. I, I, I don't, I, and I don't know when this is supposed to happen. Like when is the new Epcot done? As much as anything is done, and you know, if you look at where there's opportunity to do something game changing, obviously you could always do something at the World Showcase. But in Future World, you know, they just basically called out every pavilion except imagination test track well basically imagination test track and so you know where would they do a big cars land type of moment i just don't know yeah and i also don't know how i'm gonna feel about epcot once it's all done you know there's original epcot which everyone had you know i mean i know we have fondness for it but it was a bit dry and a bit educational um, and you know, if no thrill, then there's the sort of Epcot 94 phase where they try to spice it up a little bit. You know, they changed world of motion to test track. They, you know, added some, um, characters to some existing attractions to kind of bring that back, you know, and probably if mixed results kind of did a mini version of the reinvestment at the millennium, um, you know, where they redid Figment and, you know, did the whole World Showcase enhancements. But is Epcot now going to be, you know, they talk, he basically said we're, you know, Dis- more Disney, more storytelling, more brands. But how does that not, how does that differentiate itself from studios or Magic Kingdom? Or does it have to? Is the, is the era of park differentiation done? And it's just universal style where it could be at that park or it could be at the other park. It really doesn't matter wherever we have space and some semblance of a theme. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here and where future brands fit into what they say the, the themes of each thing are. Cause I mean, the, I was never one who was like, Oh no, don't put, you know, Donald duck inside a Rio del Tiempo. But at the same time, the Guardians attraction, as excited as I am for it, and, and we don't know the execution, but is it just a Guardians e-ticket just flopped in the middle of Epcot? 
or is it somehow going to be tied to discovery or optimism? Maybe it will. I'm not saying it won't, but it's it it doesn't. You're still according to the plans they've announced. You're going to have two Epcots coexisting. You're going to have the test tracks and the living with the land boat rides alongside a random Guardians attraction and. Well, I, I think there's clues there. I think Cosmic Rewind does have elements of being able to focus on history and technology or space and all those, you know, mm-hmm. topics. I think there's definitely a there's room for education in there. I'm not sure it'll be there, but I think that sort of setup of going, you know, back definitely lends itself to what was there previously. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, and that's why it's, uh, until we see the um, the execution. Like, and I have Peter no problem. Quill with... went to Epcot, as we know. So yeah, I, I don't know how that's playing out because the the images we saw didn't seem to look like it's just a big giant space battle. But you know, that doesn't mean anything because I have no problem with Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Like, because that ride, at least in France, you know, in literal in real France. Um, you know, you're going through Paris and it's adventure through the city. Like, that's totally right, you know? But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it really doesn't matter what I think. They're going to do what they're going to do. You know, I, I also think as Disney fans, we have a little hubris when it comes to Epcot when, you know, your day guest isn't really concerned about slow-moving Omni-mover rides of days past. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Or Free Beverly. Oh, uh, that's coming back. Allegedly. Allegedly. Is there one parks announcement that you are most excited about? Not necessarily biggest, but just like that got you interested? Um, You would think it would be Marvel. I'm not exactly sure about this Avengers ride because it almost sounds like another simulator thing. But if that I, that could be really cool if they do it right. And I'm interested to see those lands, obviously, as a big Marvel fan. But probably something something in Epcot. Not 100% sure what exactly. I kind of like the idea of the new Spaceship Earth. I don't really like that they put someone snapping a selfie in the concept art. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a little on the nose. But, but no, I think, I think that the, the updates sound good in general. Like, it, it could use an update. And, you know, I, I, like, I like where their head's at. We just, you know, it's always about execution. And I think they'll finally be able to fix that ending problem that people have been complaining about since Yeah, no, the that, last that part sucks. <laughs> the descent is boring and stupid, and the touchscreens are distracting. I think I'm most ex- – I shouldn't say most excited. Uh, well, I was most pleased with what they were doing at Lighthouse Point. I'm glad it's not just another castaway key. I'm glad it's something different. Um. And not just, you know, we need to build another castaway key because, you know, we have too many ships here. And so I was pleasantly surprised with that. Um, the Epcot stuff, I'm, I mean, I'm excited about what's happening at Epcot, but there wasn't one thing that made me go, ooh, I like that. Um, because especially since we don't even know what form that Mary Poppins ride is going to take. I mean, it could just be, you know, small in scale and boring. Yeah, but in any case, uh, that's Expo. Anything you want to say about Expo and as a whole? Uh, it was, it was interesting. I, I did finally get a chance to walk away from the booth and go check out some of the displays. I went to the, the parks display, and that was pretty cool. I like the different posters they have. I, I really like the art. I would like a collection of those, like as postcards or something, would be nice. Mm-hmm. I didn't really quite understand the display they had. Like the the Epcot display where it was kind of like stylized, just random yeah, things, and, the, and it, and it was supposed to Coco. highlight. It was supposed to yeah. highlight the lighting was supposed to highlight whatever was on the big screen. Oh yeah, I, I didn't get but that. Maybe I didn't spend enough time. It was obviously, it was obviously very high, very stylized, probably because they didn't want to give everything away. But I would have loved like a legit Epcot model so we could really dig into what this is going to look like. But yeah, the Tokyo model was cool yet. though. Yeah, that was and cool. And I like that they kind of had a whole 
like Marvel was almost its own pavilion. <laughs> like it was, mm-hmm. it was only loosely connected to the to the rest of the parks display. Yeah, I mean overall though, I was pleased with the expo. As I said, not as many announcements as in years past from any division really, but the excitement that the Disney Plus stuff was building, uh, I think really made up for that. I mean, I it's that was the talk of the show was sign up for Disney plus and, uh, and I did. <laughs> and I think, I think we're in this weird phase now, like between now and November 12th, we're all just waiting. Although we did open galaxy's edge. There's other, there's, I, there's no, can I be honest? Completely forgot that was happening this week. I was <laughs> like, Oh, why are they doing this event now? Oh, cause it opens in two days. Okay. That, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, it's been we're all I got all of us at LP are a little worn out because we, you know, bust our butt on, you know, Expo. But then Galaxy's Edge is opening. And so it's like we're still trying to cover that and support the Florida team. Meanwhile, a hurricane's coming. So we're going to have to cover that. And then uh, we just got a lot going on in September. 30 days of Disney. Look for coverage soon. Uh, so and our, we started our countdown to Disney Plus series. Um, which every day of the week we will be posting a Disney Plus featurette. Um, so there's just been just been a lot. Can't wait for Christmas because things typically are dead during Christmas. But we are releasing a Star Wars, so who knows what's going to happen. Well, this quick episode is turning into feature length, but it's not episode 300 still. Yeah, because so. yeah, this cannot be 300. we got to save that. So I guess we can cut it off and... Uh, Talk to you later. Any any last words, Kyle? No. Goodbye, everybody.